0: Ladies, gentlemen, and podcast fans around the world, welcome back to Better Than Most Things with your hosts Sean and Max. Hey, hello.
1: Thank you very much, producer Mr. E. Thank you for joining yeah. us. So, Max, I noticed you're wearing a pretty sweet jacket. Yeah, I, I am. It's uh, it's actually of the old Star Trek uniform, like um, like Kirk movie area mm-hmm. era, the red one. Found in the garbage can. <laughs> yeah. Now, if, yeah, fun story. I bought that on uh, Wish.com, and uh, it was too big for me, so I gave it to Max. Like D. I get all my clothes. <laughs> exactly. And it's cheap China made, so uh, I'm glad to see it's held up. So you, you had something about China? What was going on there?
2: Uh, I do. Um, did you hear that um, an unmanned Chinese spacecraft carrying rocks and soil from the moon returned safely to Earth? Uh, that was on thursday
1: i did not so carrying rocks and soil okay yeah, so
2: they sent something it was on december 1st they sent their lander to to grab the rocks and soil then uh, a couple of days later yeah two days later came back two days yeah it was on the moon for two days doing its thing and then it came back
1: but the whole the whole trip i mean like as far as blasting off from earth oh
2: no 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 like it literally landed on the moon december 1st was there for two days and then it takes about 3 days to get to the moon,
1: so the journey. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's a fast turnaround. That's very cool. Well, let's see. No, it's three. I just thought like, are you saying
2: just how long it was just on the moon? How
1: fast it was? No, I'm saying from liftoff, and then from liftoff to, from Earth to the moon, and then touchdown back on Earth. What was that total elapsed time?
2: Okay, yeah. I don't. Um, that's I don't know. It doesn't say that. It's ba- but, basically it's going to be three days. Yeah. Then it was there for three days, and then so basically it was there. The whole thing was nine. Nine or ten, then. I'd say.
1: That's a fast turnaround. Mm -hmm. Like, let's go get some moon rocks. Oh, it'll take us a week. All right, let's do it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, it is. It's pretty cool. And uh, I guess this is the first time, like a first mission in four decades that collected lunar samples. I didn't really realize, you know, we always take it for granted that we've done that and gone to the moon and grab stuff and we have moon rocks and shit, but they haven't done it in like 40 years. Okay. No one has. I have a theory why we haven't gone back or. (laughs) Well, why
1: China is now interested in moon rocks and whatnot. Oh, really? Okay. Because that's a multi-million, if not billion-dollar project, sending something to the moon Mm -hmm. to collect samples to come back. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, in my mind, I'm thinking they're investing in future projects, meaning moon mining.
2: Oh, dude. Yeah, the future is in space. I think they sent
1: their rover to a specific spot on the moon they thought would be rich in whatever they want to find. And then uh, they'll go from there. Yeah. That's cool. So,
2: I thought it was pretty cool, too, be, just because this this uh, article really did state, um like, China just be, uh, became only the third country to have retrieved samples from the moon, following oh. United States and the Soviet Union. Russia. Yeah. <laughs> and so, they're the third. So, I don't know. I guess I never really thought about it, just because, you know, I know we have U.S. and... We knew the, the space race and stuff. And actually, if you'd asked me a week ago, I'd be like, yeah, I'm sure China's been there. And so I guess the, the answer is no. They just got there the other day.
1: Well, no, no. They have been to the moon, but they haven't collected samples. Yeah. Because if there was anything interesting on the moon, the U.S. and Russia would both have stuff up there trying to collect it. So the fact that, like, both of, both of us went to the moon and then didn't follow up. It's like, okay, write that check and just be done with it. Move on.
2: <laughs> While on the moon surface, they also raised the Chinese flag. Cool. And left fortune cookies.
1: Did they? No. No, they didn't.
2: That was a fake one. I can't <laughs> wait to see what you'd say. I should have layered it with a third something. Uh, I also peed there.
1: Yeah, okay. well, that makes The sense. Chinese
2: flag, they did do. That's the one thing they did do. Good for them. Which is cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's kind of good for them. Uh, but that's pretty much it. But I just thought that was really interesting. Uh Yeah, the, the last time we... uh Basically, some an Earthling had reg- sent him to the moon and came back. It was a uh, the Soviet Union's Luna twenty four mission in nineteen seventy six.
1: Wow, yeah, because so, there's nothing going on up there.
2: I I think we're just afraid of it. I think we saw something that scared us.
1: Oh, like Transformers. Yeah, like hang on, exactly. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. The beginning, the dark side of the moon, Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning to rewatch those. I know it's oh, punishment. No. It's punishment for myself. <laughs> All right. uh, I have a story here about the Komodo Dragon National Park in Indonesia. I've been there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's dope. Yeah. I have 50 Komodo Dragon bucks. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's true. I wonder what the exchange rate is on that. So it's uh, this national park is 669 square miles of Komodo Dragon territory. And you know what some enterprising folks have decided to do? Make a trail? Or land? Nope. Some company is eat, building eat a resort. Oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> They're building a resort in this territory, more specifically on an island called uh, Rinka. And Rinka is home to hundreds of Komodo dragons. Are they going to let them on the property? Are they going to keep them at bay? Well... This dragons place they're fighting back. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Like <laughs> I imagine, like uh, what's the um the zombie movie where like with Brad Pitt where there, all the zombies are piling over the World War Z. Yeah, yeah. War Z. War yeah, War. yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that with Komodo dragons? <laughs> like
1: <laughs> the guests, we can't keep them out of the pool. I think you guys are off by a smidge. This place has been dubbed Jurassic Park.
0: Oh,
1: oh, they're gonna eat everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And true to form, a construction worker was mauled by a komodo, komodo dragon, dragon at the park mauled to death not to death oh. seriously injured seriously <laughs> injured okay <laughs> well, that means he's a badass nasty, dude well, so they're like really they don't
2: nasty. look nasty either. Like they look oh, like a big man. iguana, but like I hear the same I've shit. It's always like will fuck you seen up. Seen them
0: eat baby lambs in like one bite. And oh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Even their bites are like fucking. Like you get bit Highly by venomous. one, it's super venomous, right? So
1: yeah, if you're not familiar, or or um, Komodo dragon is like a five foot long lizard that it's like a desert lizard. So it's faster than you know your crocodile or any of that. So it just it's it scoots than along. Okay, and uh, yeah, that's true. It's gonna outrun you. Its bite is toxic, like you guys are saying, but it's more like a bacterial toxin. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily produce a venom or anything. It's got a oh, dirty sure. dirty mouth. And I don't, this isn't in the story, but this is just a fun fact I picked up somewhere else. Uh, the uh, Komodo dragon has sweatback teeth, and they're like serrated on the backside, and that's, that's where they say the bacteria is stored or oh, just kind of kept. That's mm-hmm. where it festers. And they notice the same design in T-Rex teeth. So they suspect it had a similar toxic bite. Oh wow! T Rex
2: toxic bite—that's cool, right? So you're saying if a giant T Rex bit you, you'd probably die. (laughs) 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 You probably (laughs) maybe a small one. How about that? Like a baby one. Like remember Jurassic Park two? Like the small one, like just like biting the legs and shit. Like ah, I got a T Rex
1: infection. Uh, You might. (laughs) My T Rex infection. So of the worker that was injured here, they uh, the quote. The lizard reportedly tore several parts of his body and he was seriously injured. Wow.
2: Tore. Torn. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Several parts, not, not thin just a or part. Lacerated. Yeah. You think Torn. it's like I like how it didn't like because an alligator just like it, it clamped down on the one thing, so they would have it fucked his leg up. Yeah. His arm was gone. <laughs> they even see then tiger attacks it like their arm was mauled, like their leg, like basically like their arm almost came off. This says several areas <laughs> totally fucked up. Like
1: well, again, because it goes with the tactic of if the Komodo dragon knows it can bite you. And then let you wander away and die. Stalk you. And then it can just come up to you later and and eat your corpse. You can climb trees. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, they're nasty, man. They're they're scary as fuck. So the lurker didn't, or excuse me, the worker didn't go down without a fight, though. Okay. What do you do? The uh, lizard walked away with a broken leg. (laughs) So he got something on him. Great. (laughs) And then they nursed it back to (laughs) hell. I I, I was going to say, the fucking... It's got,
2: like, lizard healing powers. Like, and it's okay by tomorrow. (laughs) Like, fucking just regrew
1: it. That's interesting. I wonder, does a Komodo dragon regrow limbs? Probably. (laughs) Probably withstand that shit. So the resort is currently under construction. Still. But I, for one, can't wait to keep track of this story Mm -hmm. and see what the other horror shows are. Because... Do you remember the beginning of the Jurassic Park movie? The park wasn't even open. Yeah. And granted, it's still never open. <laughs> That's opened, true. But right. the very beginning is a worker just randomly getting caught up by some giant lizard <laughs> and getting mauled. <laughs> Shoot! Him! That's it. Shoot! Him!
0: I imagine they have, like, instead of the, the days without an accident, it's like days without being mauled by a photo dragon. day they're so proud to split that thing over.
2: So here's the real question, then. Uh-huh. Could you beat a Komodo dragon in a fight? What's, I don't what's know. the what's the largest well, the animal? Long
0: term, if you get bit, you're fucked. Basically, what's
2: the largest animal you think you could win in a fight? I
1: mean, that's a whole different question. Well, uh, let me tell you this about is... the Komodo dragon. Okay, I had an iguana as a kid, and this thing had to be at least at least three feet long, at maybe maybe two and a half. Ten, um, feet, ten feet long. And when we'd let it out of its cage and wander around. Uh, we had a dog at the time, and it was a beagle. Mm-hmm. And the beagle would come up and, like, oh, sniff it and be kind of excited. Too excited for the lizard. Yeah. And the lizard would just whip the <laughs> shit out of it with its tail. <laughs> it would wow. just bring its tail and its hind end around and just <laughs> lightning speed and whip the dog. And it's just like, whoa. And wow. so if a Komodo dragon can use its tail not necessarily as a whip, but a giant club, then I think you got danger from both ends, and it's going to be a for tough sure. battle.
2: Well, the reason I'm asking this is because you guys remember uh, what my answer is.
1: Probably yes. I'm guessing yes.
2: Well, what's the biggest animal I say that went into the fight?
1: Oh, a cheetah. A cheetah. Yeah. Well, you said a moose a couple days ago. That is true. Well, ago. I, well I was
2: making the argument. I made the argument of the moose, and I, I still. Oh the boost i'm not sure of anyway okay. <laughs> i came across some more information sure <laughs> about cheetahs so that's why i want to bring this in this okay. back to light because <laughs> yeah. i have more proof of how i'm going to defeat the cheetahs so in case you guys aren't fans of ours and if so fuck you uh we have <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. i mean um i'm sorry thank you for joining us on the better than most things podcast anyway we had a common question was what's the largest animal you can win in a fight to the death and some people would be like oh i'll fight a whale on land so you can't do that so you have to like fight it in the area it lives so if you said whale you have to fight it in the ocean blah 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 blah. and i always said cheetah and everyone always laughed and scoffed at me and said that's not possible you're stupid and i've yeah defended it for years and i have multiple proofs mainly because we know you I, yeah, exactly, because I'm very physically <laughs> fit, as you all know. Uh, but still, like, because, there, okay, there was a dude in Kenya who killed a leopard way bigger than a cheetah with his bare hands. He was 70 years old.
1: That's and He true. shoved his
2: hand down his throat and suffocated it to death.
1: That is true. He did
2: that. He's 70, okay, I'm, I'm not a 70-year-old Kenyan man, yeah. but...
0: Did you grow up in the rough canyon streets? <laughs> <laughs> OC oh, <it> was just
2: <laughs> as rough, I'm sure. Like it's just living in 120 degrees. <laughs> sure. I, I know.
1: There <laughs> was also hands. an old lady who killed like a cougar that wandered into her garden. Too. I think so. That does sound uh, familiar yeah, yeah. too. So like people, it's been known to happen. It, it happens, man.
2: So anyway, so I didn't know this, but um, did you know that like, basically cheetahs are very inbred? All cheetahs are very inbred. Huh. They are so inbred that genetically they are almost identical.
1: Ew. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's greasy yeah yeah here i found out because uh, basically it's one of the like so, today
2: i learned is like um basically um here it is it's like cheetahs are unusual in that they fail to immune immunologically reject skin grafts in surgical transplants from unrelated individuals they all seem like identical twins so you know like if i gave you an organ it would just reject it. like this isn't my organ and you have to find like a good donor that doesn't exist in the cheetah world they're all just like so, so inbred and fucked up that I they can just be like here's some skin here's a tail and just all just goes and what do we why exact- what
1: what what about their social structure makes that possible here's or- why yeah
2: so the current theory is that they became inbred when a natural disaster dropped their total world population down to less than seven cheetahs
0: whoa
2: yeah. I don't know what the fuck happened to the cheetah. We're like, um, so there was six? a che- cheetah topical like apocalypse type of thing. Jesus. Yeah. So seven cheetahs, and this they said it probably happened about ten thousand years it, ago. What so did that just
0: say a natural
2: a natural disaster. Disaster. So they went through what's called a genetic bottleneck, and they there's a lot of species you actually can, you can. See this, huh. where all of a sudden, actually, I think the humans had the same thing. That's how they could tell a long time ago we were actually decimated to like a, it was like three thousand or something weird. But you could trace it all back. So that's a genetic bottleneck too. But cheetahs have a fucking intense one, and that's why there's so there's so little genetic diversity amongst all cheetahs that. Like I said before, they could they survive only through brother or sister, or parent or child mating. So that's you know obviously it's hot, yeah. but um, <laughs> but ups all over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's more just. I thought that was crazy how they're, they're all copy and pasted. Basically, they're all the same thing. So yeah. now that we know this, if I can beat one cheetah, I could beat all cheetahs. <laughs> that's still a big if. I and love- I could train against a cheetah somewhere and like take those skills to like. <laughs> Like, maybe like, maybe the fight has to be against the wild cheetah. I'll get, like, a domesticated cheetah, kind of, like, wild him up and kind of, like, get used to his little, like, we kind of fights.
0: We need a We need a VR set, and we need a fight-a-cheetah game, and we need to put that on Max and just see if he could actually do it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think simulation. I could. Uh, like I said, I don't have the information here, but uh, I know they only weigh, like, 90 pounds, like, at adult, so I'm well, way more than 90 pounds. I'll just I'll just jump on them. I'll that's just that's fucking that's lay that's down, that's down that's on him one, and he'll die. Um, also, did you guys know that <sighs> cheetah comes from the Hindi word meaning the spotted one?
1: <laughs> I did not. Interesting. Yeah, that is true. Wait, okay. So hang on, hang on. I I am more fascinated in the idea that their population was dwindled down to seven, seven, and they survived. Does that we call mean... them the
2: ancient cheetahs? No, they don't. <laughs> they should.
1: Does that mean the human population could have really came from something like Adam and Eve? Um, I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm not saying great, necessarily like that's two people. Well, obviously. Like,
2: through the Does that Lynn creed through story? God, anything yeah. is possible. So, uh, shot <laughs> that down. Uh, n- down. <laughs> number one, um, but the answer is I don't know what you want to believe, guys. But, yeah. like, yeah, if it's only two of them, then they're obviously oh, fucking fuck. their kids. And, like, we all should be inbred. Actually, should that even prove it right there? Because there's a reason we either got so far away from the this even said 10,000 years ago, and all those Bible people believe it's three 000, sorry, guys, 3,000 so years ago was is what the they great said. Eda- the, is when the cheetah apocalypse happened. Yeah. Basically, and there's Calamity. only seven of them, and it's come back. You know how many? Che- I mean, they're still kind of. They said they're going kind of extinct, partly because of the genetic diversity, which is like shit. Yeah, I, they're after so inbred. they super inbred. Something so we'd would be so inbred, like that's two people. So huh. obviously, we'd all be like, Duh. like we, we kind of are, but like. I mean, cheaters, I guess, aren't retard. Can we say that? Okay. They're not like, <laughs> you know, they're not TR-80, <laughs> but whatever they are, but like, you know what I mean? They seem to be cheating around, but like, they don't seem like, they're not geniuses, as we know, which is another reason why I can kick their ass, because they're not smart. They're not even as smart as fucking some cats out there.
1: Oh, I mean, this lends, lo- this lends a lot of credence to you in that <laughs> these inbred fucks, I don't know, man. I think, Thank you. I think you might have Thank a bad you. Shot. Like I said, like, we used to think of them as like these domestic, like these, like,
2: awesome creatures like oh you can never defeat them but when you you get down to the their inbred fucking background I was like fuck these hillbilly fucks I can take this guy this fucking cheetah in two seconds two
0: seconds now yeah because
2: I think they go for the throat so I have to protect the throat Good luck with that. Because that's a lion's attack. They, they suffocate the throat. They can probably spring like 40 feet. No, yes, they have sharp claws. That's the I one thing. I think your
1: immediate tactic is sacrifice that left hand and oh, shove it down his throat, right? Like. <laughs> Basically, like, the forearms and hands are going to get cut. Hopefully there's a medic nearby. because
2: Yeah, I could bleed out. I'm not going to, like, I he, I would defeat him, but I could die of the of the wounds unless there's a medic nearby. No,
1: we'll give you both medics. There'll be a medic and a vet. Yeah, they, okay, we'll take good. care of you guys. Yeah, yeah. We'll make sure that happens. So speaking of uh oh yeah. I'll what? say
2: one more cool thing when I went on this rabbit hole about all the cheetah bullshit is I want to just read this little factoid about people basically um also if you're a fan of this show or the one before that we used to have a segment which we should bring back called If If We Were King or If uh. I Were King and one of the things I said was I would legalize owning cheetahs. Because they seem to be really cool, actual pets. Everything I've seen, like, you ever see like videos of people being with, they actually seem pretty chill. Okay. Like, I really don't want to fight one to the death. I just think I could, but like, they seem really <laughs> sick. So anyway, here's some factories. So the Sumerians way back in 3000 BC were the first to use cheetahs as hunting companions. Since then, the pharaohs of Egypt, the kings of France, the princes of Persia, the Mongol emperors of India, and the emperors of Austria have continued this tradition. When Marco Polo visited Kublai Kublai Khan at his summer residence in the Himalayan mountains 700 years ago, he found that the mighty Khan kept 1,000 cheetahs to hunt deer and other slower animals. So this is not a this is a very kingly idea of keeping cheetahs around as not something to remember. We said it I said it so many years ago, but I was like, oh, legalizing cheetahs? You are a madman. <laughs> Am I? Like all these kings and queens and emperors and princesses just had cheetahs? And they could probably sick them on people and shit. Be like, Go!
0: Now could you beat a trained cheetah? That's See, a whole now, different question. Now that's a great, <laughs> that
2: is a great question. Yeah. Now you, I'm not going gonna, gonna to plead the fifth on that one. Because <laughs> that is kind of a good question.
0: Uh, you know, yeah. It's I like mean, a Pokemon battle. you got to fight the owner, too. But yeah,
2: I just want to remind <laughs> anyone, when I am king, I still will legalize cheetahs. So just prepare everyone. If everyone realizes it, then we'll just have a different world. Like, keep your dogs inside or be careful. All
1: right, If we're going back to if I were king, I want to... I'll go to my standard, which Please. is uh, anyone who spits gum on the concrete or uh, the floor, mm-hmm. uh, you will be prosecuted. Mm-hmm. I will have a task force mm-hmm. specifically designed to test the DNA of the saliva on the gum. Yes, and you will be found, and you will be prosecuted.
2: Everything he's saying is true. He has said this multiple times. He's not just making this up on the top of his head. Audience. Yeah, yeah. We call it the gum statue, I believe. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like I'm. It kind of sounds like a horrific thing. The gum statue.
1: It's my platform. Yeah. When I run for governor, that's going to be my Mm -hmm. platform. Uh, So we were just talking about um, extinctions and whatnot, and I have some fun stuff here about not a new extinction extinction.
2: theory. (laughs) (laughs) I got a fun extinction story for you.
1: They're always fun, right? So uh, scientists for a long time have uh, theorized uh, that extinctions don't happen randomly. They're somewhat cyclical. Okay. So they happen in a cycle. And we just need to figure out what that cycle is. So after combing through various fossil records and including uh, smaller extinction events, they determined that the extinction event happens every 27.5 million years.
2: 27.5 million years is the, the average of the extinction event. Yes. Of just everything on Earth. Because I know there's all these, I've heard of a bunch of these extinction events. Like, every time you hear about them, it's always, and this happened, and 90% of all the species you've ever thought of died and vaporized instantly. You'll never see even their bones or something. Yep. And then it happens another time. And then of that 5% of earlier, now 90% of them are all dead. And then you never see their bones or something. So, y-
1: yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely hitting it on the head. Yeah. Um, And so we're trying to figure out, like, why. Now that we kind of... Came to a conclusion on uh, the idea that it's every 27.5 million years, Mm -hmm. some extinction event happens that wipes out most of the life on the planet. And uh, so we need to know why. And there is a new theory out there. Or this is one of the old ones, actually. Let me tell you about this one. I almost want to guess. Oh, sure. (laughs)
2: Hit me. Aliens. Oh, damn. Is that the the theory? No. (laughs) Something regarding climate. <laughs> that's my right.
1: guess. Yeah, that's uh that's
2: all of them. Yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. I probably would say something like, oh, like, I don't want to take up too much. Time. Maybe, like maybe something like with something uh
0: regarding the change of
2: time. Maybe like the spinning of all like asteroids and all that bullshit, and like it's like a big big clock, and around twenty seven million years, that's when like the perfect of like all the the forces of whatever stars, just throw meteors right up. at us.
1: I mean, you're not wrong. You're talking about uh oh. Oh, the hypothesized. Oh. Idea that the son has an evil, drunk half brother named Nemesis.
2: Oh, I've heard of Nemesis. Okay, yes.
1: so Nemesis—we've talked about Nemesis. Yeah, we totally have. Man, that's
2: that's a far—that's
1: a back topic. That's a reach <laughs> that is. So, Nemesis, for those not in the know, is a um, hypothesized. So we we don't have proof, but it might explain one or two things that we don't know about our solar system. Mm -hmm. And what it is, is it would be a dead star, uh, roughly the density of Jupiter or something, um, orbiting Mm -hmm. our solar system way outside of Pluto. Yeah. And maybe every 27.5 million years, it bumps into our Oort cloud, which is a cloud of debris orbiting our solar system outside of Jupiter. So maybe it bumps into that and in turn kicks a bunch of uh debris toward earth mm-hmm. and so that's how we might experience a comet like extinction event this kind of reminds
2: me of something did you happen in any of your research this week hear about the the weird like they called them super highways in the solar system
1: Super highways.
2: I thought there were like two articles today about them, and I was like, I realized this. I can't do it in like half an hour. Like I, I need to, like <laughs> the like time to figure it out. But now uh, I'm just going to mention it briefly because uh, it was something to the effects of like they've discovered like pathways that are seem to be like, for lack of a better term, like you know things take like the path of least resistance. Okay, it's almost like all the planets or whatever, and all the all the forces of whatever oh, the fuck geez. they seem to found like a they seem to found like a path. That they can almost, like, send right. something to the other side of the solar system, like, quicker. All right. Say something. no
1: more. You got to bring this up next episode. I okay. I just tease the shit out of it. Because, <laughs> because it's I mean, like that's that. a whole can of words. Yeah, I really saying, So the fact
2: that you said that makes me think, like, what if, like, that just sends things to the Oort Cloud that just gets sent on this weird, like, super highway they claim? Like, I couldn't understand it. That's, that's part of the reason why, like, uh, I'll, I'll try next week.
0: <laughs>
2: Great. <laughs> that's part of the show. That's, your, yeah. that's part of the show is let's try trying to understand shit we don't fucking understand. But I remember, because there was, like, each planet, they said arcs. They're like, each planet has an arc, and the, these archways make this
1: highway. I'm like, there's arches and highways out there. What? I, you, some of these take a lot to dig into, and mm. I got a little lazy on this one because this one was a bit on me. But the next theory suggests that the Earth's internal workings may be to blame. In that maybe the Earth goes through uh, some 27.5 million year cycle, uh, specifically a volcanic cycle, that shoots a bunch of debris and dust into the uh-huh. air, creating uh, you know, nuclear dec- winter. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> the real theory here that connects both of these, because there's evidence to su- support both of these, in that um, some of these extinction events were caused by comets some of these extinction events were not caused by comets, but we know it had the same effect of, you know, everyone, nuclear winter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the theory that links all of these is the idea that maybe our solar system as it orbits, our galaxy Uh is passing through something every 27.5 million years because for sure, because roughly, uh, our orbit, our solar system's orbit around our galaxy is, they say, 26 to 30 million years. Oh, interesting. That's great, the same spot. that's great
2: numbers. That's great. Because I was even, that's what I was almost trying to say, like every 27 million years, because in the grain, in our solar system, that's a lot of time, even for yes. solar system. That nemesis, when they said 27 million years, like there's no way it takes that long to spin right. in the grand scheme of things. But yeah, because our place in the, because we're going around the,
1: the black hole, the center of the universe that we're all spiraling around. So we could be hitting something in this new theory. Dark specifically, this new theory says that when the solar system passes through this specific drug part system. of the galaxy, <laughs> the Earth may be exposed to radiations and dark matter. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh! Yep. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. Just like, say it. This whole article, did dude. It say I it. Yeah. I had to go into like or- other shit to figure out what Nemesis was, and I had to like dig deep. Dude, that is true. We
2: totally did Nemesis.
1: Well, the, and at the. Very end of the article, dark <laughs> the payoff was it could be dark matter too. <laughs> like fuck, it is okay. it's such bullshit. of oh,
2: dark matter. By the way, could be dark matter, could not be. It's almost like we don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah, it's like, like a gaseous
0: cloud or something that we we go through. You know, it could be something like that. Oh, yeah. it, it could be, be the remnants be a
2: of a like other galaxy. It un- yeah, could be fucking
1: number of it's things it's god
2: himself like just right we'd probably like, go right through his living room like i can't have this <laughs> <laughs> for, for
1: lack of a better explanation yeah why not okay so uh Mr. E, you won last time so you are judged this time i'm scared in the new better than most games yeah so better yes. okay
2: so again the game is i think we call it what's better than most or what's we just call better, it better than, than most? most yeah and basically it's like we pick a suggestion out of the hat it's a quick debate we give one person one side, one person the other, and then the other one judges, and we decide who I is, guess. I guess, the best debater or who made yeah. the best point. And so, now we are drawing, and what is the drawing, Mr. E? Today's topic is going to be hats versus
1: shoes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm very stymied already, like, because, uh, yeah, in a good way. I'm like,
0: okay, See you in a minute. And we're back from the break. As you know, before we went on break, we are playing this new game called Better Than Most. What's Better Than Most? I already forgot the name. But it's where we pull one topic from a hat and two contestants will argue over what's better. But the person pulling it from the hat gets to put a spin on it and make it a unique situation. So in this situation, it was shoes versus hats. I'm going to give host Max hats and host Sean shoes. Okay. And Shoes is going to go first. Okay. And this is how we play. What's better, shoes or hats, in the setting of the movie (laughs) Waterworld?
1: Oh, yeah. Fuck. All right. Uh, You'll need a timer, sir. I got it. Go ahead. You got it? Okay. Uh, So it's 30 seconds? 45?
0: uh, It's a minute. (laughs) It's a minute? Okay. And tell me when to start. So,
1: okay. Go. And I'm Shoes, right? You are Shoes. Okay. So go right. Okay, so shoes, first of all, come in a variety of uh, types. You have water shoes, first of all, which are used to, uh, you know, uh, traverse water and keep (laughs) your feet safe from sharp objects under boats. And you know how sharp those fucking, like, have you seen a Waterworld boat? It's made of rust. So, first of all, you want your shoes covered. You want your feet covered with shoes because uh, you don't want to get tetanus, and I'm sure they're running out of tetanus shots. Okay. Uh, secondly, shoes also includes flippers. You need flippers in order to, to traverse the water efficiently. I'm sure everybody in Waterworld is dying for flippers. You know what I mean? That's another crucial project. Are those shoes, though? I don't Yes. <laughs> How am I doing it on time? What do I you need? You go got 15 seconds. 15 seconds. Okay. So, uh, another reason you need shoes is uh, sandals. Have you ever gone to the beach with shoes? No. Come on. You need sandals. <laughs> I mean, granted, you're not in with a lot of sand, but water nonetheless. Five seconds. Um, and then another reason oh, those little finger <coughs> shoes. Those are great. Those would feel good <laughs> in water, I assume.
0: Okay. That's all you
1: got. All right. My
2: turn.
0: Okay. I'm going to count you down. Woo! You got a minute. Okay. <laughs> you aren't wasting time this time. <laughs> okay. Five, four,
2: Three, two, one go. Have you watched the fucking movie Waterworld? No one's wearing shoes at all, that whole fucking thing. They all have hats on. You know why? Because of the fucking sun, which is all over fucking Waterworld. So the whole fucking time, you need to be attracted for the fucking sun. Who cares about your fucking feet? Like, your feet need to be, like, out so you can swim and stuff. Especially Kevin Costner. His ass didn't have any fucking shoes on. That's for sure, but he has some hats
1: sometimes. I'm not sure
2: he had long hair. So also, in this world, badass look, right? From afar, it's like, there's a badass captain over there. I'm not gonna fuck with him. They're gonna say, well, look at his shoes. They're so fly. Like, look at that hat, though. Like, you got it from under the into the underground world and stuff. Also, it could rain sometimes, and that's good. Like again, shoes. Like God designed feet to be shoes, and we're just as humans don't seconds. need them. And also, there's underwater hats. Like remember when he had like the scuba gear shit, and he went down there, and that's also beneficial in this world for water world. But okay. basically, the sun and you need it, and shoes are dumb.
0: Okay. Would okay. you like a rebuttal, sir? Oh, absolutely. You get a thirty-second uh, rebuttal that it, starts it, in. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. That starts in five, four, three, two, and go. 30 seconds.
1: First of all, the question is which would be better in Water World? Not which. People in Waterworld have. I would rather have shoes in Waterworld than a hat, because frankly, if I'm living on a structure, that means I'm going to have shade and protection from the sun. Unless it's a goddamn raft, in which case I'm screwed anyways. <laughs> and if I'm living in Waterworld, I'm already acclimated to the sun. I am a I am a crusty piece of shit. So I want my shoes. I want my feet protected from tetanus and uh, piranha bites. That's it.
0: Host Max, you got five, four three two and go
2: what would be better in water world you ask what would you rather trade away if someone has some tomato plants and stuff some fucking shoes or your hat the thing that protects the sun off your fucking head which is very important for thinking and stuff you all know you'd give away shoes that'd be the first thing you trade you'd rather keep your sail keep your water pouch and your hat 10 seconds it's very important. Remember Back to the Future 3 is like, I'll give you some water on a horse. I'll even give you a hat. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> it's important. They're important. Back to the Future 3. Oh, God. This is going to be hard. Okay, that's time.
1: <laughs> I'll even give you a hat. Okay.
0: <laughs> this is a tough one. I feel like with Waterworld, there's like almost zero shade unless it's man-made, which I feel like the hat would be better in. And the water would... like, or The shoes would only help you if you were actually like... Walking on the bottom of the ocean, or on rocks, and most of them were on like the the face of the ocean. This is a tough though. This is tough.
1: Go with your gut. <laughs> oh,
0: just God. know, just
1: know you that can... unlike hats, shoes have soles.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, I wish you had saved that for the actual. Debate. I know. I had oh, that before the injury, your... and I. That's <laughs> if you do not quit, you must. The, the oh, glove man. don't fit. Oh God, this is oh, hard. Man.
1: I don't know why it wasn't in there. Again.
2: My cat
0: has to give me hats. Hats are the winner. God sorry. damn it. I yeah. <laughs> have to go with hats. I'll Thank win you. one of
2: these days. I'll get you gadget. I think the key was I started typing down ideas as you were talking. You didn't have a piece of paper. I, I was it.
1: looking for my notepad and then I didn't find a pen. I couldn't either, so
2: I started typing. in this. Ultimately,
1: I have a computer. That did me. help. You're right.
2: Because it did help.
1: Because I was panicking in the beginning. I was like, fuck, shoes, <laughs> shoes. Because it seemed good. But good then- job to both of you. Well, your first minute was a great character assassination against shoes. And I was like, all right, I feel like I got to address some of these issues. I was dude, like, it actually
2: it took me like, like your first 20 seconds. and all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute. I don't think I've ever seen a fucking shoe in that movie. <laughs> was like, I gotta I, fucking Yeah. That ought to destroy the whole, blow this whole thing out of the water.
1: I thought, uh, I thought for sure you're going to bring up the argument of uh, on yachts. They don't wear shoes. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Right? Yeah. To keep things pristine and make sure you don't slip and whatnot, but ultimately you're in water world and everything's made of rust, so you don't. It doesn't matter. Rust would have been another good thing for your side. Oh, I did. You I mentioned it. Yeah, I said the whole structures. Every structure is like, made I of rust. I remember
2: said like a crusty like ship and stuff. No, I guess I, I don't remember the word rust. You and...
1: were in your head. You were thinking. about I mean, I was. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I don't know. <laughs> rust would
2: have definitely like ooh, that's a, like I would have. I think that's a great word. Okay. So I was reading <laughs> something pretty cool. Um, so did you guys know that humans? Human speech conveys information at 39 bits per second on average.
1: Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, we all know that now. So wait a minute, wait a minute. Is it 39 bits per second? 39? 39
2: bits per second. So as we all know, a bit is what? I'm not really sure. It's basically it's like a tr- it's a transfer of information. Like we we measure like cell phones and uh you know internet stuff is like megabits per second or whatever. Well, how man, how you
1: how you measuring this auditorily? Like I could say like I'll human speech transfers 3 gallons per second. Like what is it like it gives <laughs> that, a shit. It, that understand. is true. <laughs> that holy
0: shit. Did you read this shit? Dude, man's
2: got a so we'll no, well let's unpack it a little bit more for you. But like okay. I said so 39 bits per second on average is what the information of human syllables and shit like this. So here's what they did. So let me kind of give you more of a backstory. So this uh, happened in France. Uh, They analyzed 17 languages from English to Japanese. And all these languages, they vary in terms of number of basic sounds, the number of syllables, and the use of tones and so on. So here's like an example. So like um, there are 7,000 distinct syllables in English compared to just a few hundred in Japanese. So they're talking about syllables. Okay. So what they did was they basically started – Plug, uh, programming in, they calculated the uh, the information density of each language into bits per syllable. Interesting. Bits per syllable is basically what this is. But like they're okay. so they're translating into bits. So they figured this out. Like like I said, they they um, were studying all these languages. Blah blah blah. Give me one second. Go back. So to I mean, they was. broke
1: down uh, language to syllables, mm-hmm. and then from there quantified that with bits. I'm sure by the complexi- complexity complexity. Of the syllable and the size, the correct, length of the syllable. Correct,
2: and what And what the information was being portrayed, to. Fascinating. Okay. That's, a that's the whole thing, too. Right? So basically what they discovered, I'm going to, to tell you more about it, but like no matter how fast or slowly the language was spoken, they tend to transmit information at about that same rate of 39 bits per second, which is twice the speed of Morse code. Fun little fact, <laughs> um, right there. But that's it's like, I'm going to go to skip to the end for a second where they're almost thinking like this is like maybe what our brains can handle as far as information. Because huh. uh, there was some stuff about like uh the human brain can only like in English, like they can process nine syllables per, syllables per second, and that's at the highest range. But even then, that's like a kind of a advanced thing. So, and that's not even accounting for if we're having like a right now, we're having a intellectual discourse, so we're actually having to process and go blah blah blah. My words yes. have to go to you. Your brain has to digest it. So this is almost going to be like an organic. Well, a, a standard, quantify. a standard, yeah, you know, yeah, at a standard, standard but- as far as like here's like our wet work interactive speed like we can only down like talk to each other at 39 bits per second versus if we're all robots we're like like like, we'd all be like you know by a million and stuff so remind
1: me so the 39 (laughs) bits per second uh that was
2: twice the speed of morse code (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) No, that was okay so remind me what that exact number is is that bits per syllable 39 bits. Oh, 39 is the yeah. bits
2: per second.
1: Per second is what the brain can handle.
2: Is what we're basically, the information that's going into our mind, yeah, that we're processing it.
1: And they they determined this by measuring uh, bits per language, right? Bits per syllable per language. Per and language. Then so do we have like a language background breakdown as far as like what is the most efficient language out there? Not that per se. Okay. Because like, that's, that's actually what this is proving is that there is no efficient language.
2: No matter what. We're all pre- we're all transmitting information to each other at 39 uh, bits per second. Oh, wow! And so, like, think of it this way: so, information-heavy languages, those that pack more information about ten, uh, tense, gender, and speaker into smaller units, for example, move slowly. They talk slower. That have huh. like. To make up for their density of information, whereas information light languages, they say like Italian can gallop along at a much faster pace. So that's why you, you see people like la, 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 like like flipping out in Italian. But like they were saying, like a Vietnamese is actually has they said eight syllable syllables per second. So a Vietnamese person, one theory is going to talk slower, but each word they're saying is portraying more information, hmm. and so this all averages out to about thirty nine bits per second. That's Across all these, across these languages. This is uh so what they did they start uh, the scientists they started with written text from seventeen languages, including English, Italian, Japanese, and Vietnamese. And like I said before, they calculated the information density of each language into bits per syllable. They found that Japanese, which only which has only six hundred and forty three syllables, had an information density of about five bits per syllable. Whereas English which we speak in case you don't remember (laughs) Um, with its 6,949 syllables had a density of just over seven bits per syllable. And then it says Vietnamese is eight bits per syllable.
1: So English conveys information more efficiently. I don't know if it's in
0: Japanese,
1: but yeah. And so I think, do we have to account for the number of syllables too? Because 6,000 compared to those Uh, super low numbers? 643. Exactly. So maybe there's some correlation there. I don't know. I don't, already, I said, I don't know either. It all averages out, right? Huh? It's the same. It all yeah, averages said, out. That's the whole point. Is it all that's, averages out. Like, yeah. There's no such thing
2: as like – I mean I guess there is in that like the ones who speak slower, there are words – like they can say one word. It means, hey, More go things. to the fridge and get me a beer or Correct. something. But they're going to almost say it at whatever speed huh. versus someone – they said like an Italian person or I'm almost saying like me. Like we, they, we have a lot of syllables that said English 7. We can, we can go blah, blah, and like say really fast. and It sounds like we're going fast, but the information we're saying is kind of – half bullshit right like filler stuff yeah Yeah. exactly so i think that's kind of what it's going down to and like uh so more how they figure this out is like the team got 10 native speakers of each language so 170 people overall to read 15 tech like equivalent text and like i said before they found the speech rate in terms of syllables per second varied for speaker to speaker but pretty much it all went out to 39 bits per second and then like the one that had information dense languages like german is slower on average they speak slower that's basically it. Unless you need more facts about it. But I think we pretty much hammered it home. No,
1: yeah, that's uh, that was a, light, a lot to bite off. I, I, I find that fascinating. Because it makes me wonder, is there... Uh, wait, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I always go to like, is there an alien out there with a much more efficient uh, totally. speech pattern out there? Because yes. they've been around for longer and refined the process. Because, I mean, if you look back to the uh, 100 years ago, we were not talking the same way. And I'm sure that bit rate could be measured uh, differently.
2: That's true. I bet you we've increased our bits.
1: I, I would assume we decreased more, it, right? To make agree. it more efficient? I would agree.
2: Oh, I see what you're saying. Like the less You think less bits are better? Isn't it uh-huh. like higher bits? I would fa- think I'm, so. I'm thinking like internet speed. Like, I would like faster bits. <laughs> no, more I'm bits. Thinking. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking thinking we would that, less... That's as fast as we could process. If it was faster, we'd
0: process things faster. So we'd have to... I'm thinking it would out, be less know. efficient just because the use of slang nowadays and filler words and all that sort of stuff. For sure. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I want
2: to read you this last quote because this actually helps <laughs> one of your questions earlier. So the scientist who did this study is like, there's a crystal clear conclusion... Is that although languages differ widely in their encoding strategies, no one language is more efficient than another at delivering information. Oh, because we all process it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because we all process it at 39 bits per second. Like it just, it's just going to be, it just seems different, but it's just different to us. It's different, (laughs) but the same. And again, that could be maybe because our information, our brains, our brains can only take that much information in at a time. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that is fascinating. All right, so a bit off topic, but have you guys heard about the uh, the gluten-free Oreos, by chance? I have not. No. no? I know
2: Oreos are vegan out of the box, like normal oh. ones. Oh, That's always been a thing.
1: Well, now I guess they're gluten-free or gluten-free vegan Oreos. Great. <laughs> so I actually picked up a pack here, okay. and I think we should review it and give it a shot. Man. Okay. I'll let uh, Host Max be the first one here. I haven't had an Oreo
2: in years because, like, once I dip my toe in...
1: There you go, my friend. Oh, go it. ahead and grab one and try one.
0: That's
2: that's okay. That's He's playing are. a hokey on us. Yeah. He's playing a joke on us.
0: That's what they are?
2: He gave us He gave us eat a piece it. of cardboard. No, I'm not eating the shit. Ruben this is a piece cardboard. of cardboard. You we, eat it first.
0: <laughs> wait, what? We don't know
1: that.
2: He opened a cause you know what's funny? I could tell the packaging looked normal. As soon as you open it. He has a normal package of Oreos
1: and a bunch of cardboard pieces in it. Get that out of my face. Are you face. saying, do, you don't I'm even want to try a I got excited. gluten-free Oreo? You need first. I mean, okay, you know what? I'm not here, so okay, you can assert your agenda Actually, on one. everybody. Oh, I'm just going to, we'll just try move one. on. We'll just move on. I'll try one. You'll <laughs> try one. We're just gonna move on. Get be all excited
2: for an Oreo, man. Like, <laughs> you keep doing this shit to me. This is a new level. Now it's like, I got an accident with skinny Pete, and blah blah blah. There's like, it was all bullshit. He planted the seed of giving me a treat by, like a dog. Like, <laughs> like song, I'm man. really like like I'm mad there's not an Oreo there. I'm really like, what the fuck? I was promised a treat and he <laughs> gave me a oh, bunch God, of cardboards. Too. <laughs> me too. That's more diabolical than the lies. I had to buy that fucking you. Oreo.
1: <laughs> gluten-free <laughs> Oreos aren't <laughs> even out <laughs> yet, I think. <laughs> so they're really hard to find. You didn't even know they, they were... Did, is that even a thing? Those are normal Oreos.
2: <laughs> I hate you. They're vegan. You didn't even know they were vegan.
1: <laughs> it didn't work Yeah, Gluten-free Oreos are a thing. They're coming out. I couldn't find <laughs> any. I don't know if they're out yet. I didn't do that much research. But that gag was in the wow. works. It, fucking
2: <laughs> boo <laughs>
1: boo this man he promised can you imagine if he did that with
2: Conan like everyone in the audience gets a cookie like yeah yeah and then he brought out a bunch of cardboard bullshit some would eat it they've definitely been like I think there would be a, a very riotous crowd that's for sure like I mean Conan be like why is this crowd so ornery tonight like because <laughs> they were
1: promised a cookie all right so switching gears here, you, do you remember a story we did uh, on the old show about walking through a doorway and how it affected yes. memory? Yes, that actually is yes. one of the
2: ones that stuck with me. for Same here. St- I always think of it, actually. Yes. Every time I forget something, I, I, I attribute it to that.
1: So this story kind of reminded me of that, and the whole idea around that one was uh, scientists somewhat proved that when you walk through a doorway, it's some it resets your memory, and that explains why you walk into a new room and go, oh, what was I here for? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. And then grab something. It's like a new space. Like, your brain almost orients, like, okay, I'm in this room now. And then it deletes everything you thought about in the old room. (laughs) So the more doorways you go through, the more you're going to forget things. So if you go to the kitchen and you went through a bunch of archways, you would, in theory, forget why you went to the kitchen.
1: Yes. So uh, this new study kind of reminds me of that, and it's about media multitasking and its effect on your memory.
2: I've read some multitasking stuff and how it's not as I mean, I don't know what your article is about, but I, it sounds like people say they're multitasking or just doing shitty jobs and everything. That's
1: uh, that's kind of what this is about. It's more specifically geared at the idea that uh, you're watching TV and then you're on your phone or you're on your computer doing something else. Yep. And how detrimental that can be to not only the work you're doing, but your memory specifically in developing minds. Mm. So I think all of us in this room are already fucked. Past that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I discovered this shit now. <laughs> so, uh, Stanford University. Wait, what were you saying? What? I was on my phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What?
1: I've been trying to. Get, I'm. You know what? At least you're not eating chips anymore. That's a good sign. We got I, that. We you on that one.
0: I love chips, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's we fun. know what he's
1: not eating, and it's
2: an Oreo. <laughs> yeah. I wish Skinny Pete was here. I tell
1: him to kick <laughs> your ass with a pile of Oreos. He would too. <laughs> I know Skinny P. So Stanford <laughs> University gathered 80 participants from ages uh, 18 to 26. They answered uh, various questions about their everyday attention and mind-wandering experiences and multimedia and blah, blah, blah. Uh, they also performed memory tasks. They also had brain scans during some of their tests. And they had pupil monitors and jumper cables to the nipples and everything saying. else. <laughs> pupil
2: monitors is kind of intense already.
1: Yeah, I mean... It, I, I started the article like, okay, they had a uh, they had a test, and then they had a oh a memory scan, okay, uh, and then a brain scan, oh, and then a, a fucking they like, tested their poop. The yeah, exactly. Cap. They might have. Well, did they
2: wait? Is uh, is pupil monitor real? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Cool. No, it ended at jumper cables on the. Nipples. I was thinking. I was. I figured that was fake, <laughs> but since that was pupil monitor was like right I before that, that, I wasn't sure. So uh, that's it's fun to say. Ultimately, after all this data, uh, the researchers found that multimedia – excuse me, media multitasking might be harmful to younger minds because it specifically – the idea of uh, switching from one screen to another, it resets your brain, and it specifically works the frontal lobe, which is still developing for younger minds, meaning uh, it's putting the frontal lobe through more strain – than it should be going through while it's developing.
2: So it's like their brain's going through doorways
1: Yes, more often. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's being reset, and they're forcing themselves to uh, essentially forget what they were just looking at seconds ago to look at this new thing that's happening and then forget that seconds later as they look down.
2: So is that what's giving – they're saying like – Cause when you first were saying, I'm like, why? Why would that be harmful? Like, if anything, is like, are they developing a skill? But then I see what you're saying now. Like, it's almost enforcing your brain pathways to all of a sudden, like you said, look at this, then forget it. Look at this and forget it. And then
1: you're stressing it. You're stressing well, it more than you should. At least maybe. that's their hypothesis. Well, here. I mean,
2: what, what's it there for? Your brain's supposed to be sitting there thinking stuff. <laughs> so, but it's more. I bet you, it's more about like your. I'd almost say like attention span. Yeah. That's what I'd say more. Yeah, I've okay. noticed this focus personally,
0: that? not with screen to screen, but with like opening new tabs on the internet. Okay. And mind you, I'm not a developing mind, but I feel like it adds on to your point of still that refreshing of the screen page. It's like sometimes I'll look and add tabs to do something. I'm like, what the fuck was I just about to look up? Uh-huh. I mean, personally, that's how it happens to me. So I can totally agree with what you're saying.
2: You have to start right-clicking and say open new tab, and then it just happens. So then you never forget. Oh, okay, yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, if it's a search
0: or something, you you got to – You
2: have to highlight it and say search on Google, right-click. Oh,
0: okay, okay.
2: All right. Because otherwise you would forget. Thank you.
1: So back to your point, Max. Uh, You're right about multitasking. Ultimately, the researchers here boiled down all this information into a couple quotes here that I snagged. We know that multitasking in general has switch costs. And so that's your tax on the brain. The idea of switching from one to the other. And uh, next we have, uh, we typically take longer to do a task when multitasking. Sure. And then we typically make more errors. Of course. When we multitask. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is a precedent to what you were saying earlier. Um, yeah, that's I mean, about we're still going to do guy. it, but, yeah.
2: but now at least know. I mean, that's actually why everything takes probably longer, too, because you know you're multitasking. So let's say you're writing a paper about something. You're more likely to make the errors, but then you're just going to check for errors in theory. But that whole process is going to take longer because you're doing it. So, yeah.
1: I don't, yeah. Whenever I do my research for the show, I can never have something on in the background. I am so much more efficient if I'm just focusing on that. Because, I mean – this, it, it, like you said, I think in episode one, these are just book reports. And we're fifth graders showing up the day before having yeah, done exactly. a bunch like, of research. Harry Potter,
2: uh, the snake got him, and
1: <laughs> the, the ghost was there. Exactly. And so I need and to be able to. Is. Uh, that is true. I need to be able to pontificate here a bunch of bullshit that I learned the night before. So I really need to focus. But that's how that turns out. There like a yeah, what fucking, are you up to? There's over something there? that there's, I see it like in my eyeball.
2: Anyway. Um. so so um, researchers have discovered a fish that seemed to be using shrimp in the same way uh, we would use a farm animal. They're saying this could be the first process of a domesticated shrimp. Who's using a the shrimp? What? A fish. A
1: fish is using a domesticated shrimp. The domesticated shrimp. As a farm animal. Is it? Is it eating it? Like... Or is he using Keep it to plow? I don't want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I'm thinking like... See, this, is, this is the show. I, should like,
2: I, don't, I don't like jumping <laughs> to... Cl- I like to give you guys the... Then here, you're like, what, what does that mean?
1: I'm thinking it's plowing fields for the shrimp or uh, like a farm animal. The fish is just like whipping No, worms. he has like, to be... Plow. It has to be raising it for probably. slaughter. Yeah. It has to be raising the shrimp for <laughs> I slaughter. I like that. That's cool. Like it, it's letting it live in its den and eat until it gets to a certain size and like, you're going to feed my family.
2: Well, let's find out. <laughs> but the answer is not quite that. Um, so like I said, this team thinks this could be the first example of a vertebrate species, other than humans, domesticating another animal. So the fish in question is the longfin damselfish. As we all know, okay. it's a very beautiful fish. No. <laughs> actually, I've never actually seen the best in one fin picture. A long finned damsel fish. Okay. And basically they spend most of their days amongst the coral reefs off the coast of Belize. Oh, that's a very and they, fish. they tend to they tend to and munch on their own personal algae farms. So they farm algae. They have like little patches of the ocean. And uh-huh. they um they will chase away any creature that gets too close to this patch to their farm. Except <laughs> for swarms of tiny zooplankton called mycid shrimps. Or seemingly fertilizing the algae patch, nice. So it almost sounds like they're, in my opinion, they're cows or something, except they're not eating the cows, the cows are just like shitting all over.
1: They, yeah, well, so, like a goat, it's like a goat just grazing on your land. Or... I think so,
2: because they, they didn't even mention if the, if the things are eating it. Because they said, uh, well, basically, the, sh- the shrimp uh, they benefit from the protective refuge provided by the damselfish, fertilizing the algae farms with their waste. And I guess the fish, remember, chases off all other an- uh, animals accept them
1: but what okay so again, how did it domesticate this thing because right now it just seems like a symbiotic relationship okay so that is That's exactly the caveat, like We
2: all said the same and I agree with you so it's here's how it's working because it basically does sound like a symbiotic relationship right but it's kind of not in a weird way, and so let me kind of break it down a little bit more. Let me find my paragraphs. But like I said before, the shrimps are in there shitting in their garden, and they love it. <laughs> um, so, so pretty much, yeah. the The idea is that the damselfish and the shrimp they started off in a commensal relationship, where one creature benefits from the other without harming it. That's what thing. It's like they did like they don't need the shrimp. But the shrimp need them. And that's what's happening is because uh, the relationship has become more specialized because the domesticated shrimp couldn't live without the fish farmer guys. Like they, so it's almost symbiotic, like symbiotic. It's asymbiotic. Yeah. yeah. It kind of, in that, like the fish don't need the shrimp, but the shrimp are starting to need the fish. The good ones, that is. Okay. And so so they're saying this is like the early stages of the domestication process, just like with wolves became domesticated into dogs because humans, they kept basically feeding scraps off of humans and yeah. it started going slowly morphing into something else. So they're not saying this is like, you know, just like a farmer. It's a fucking fish guys. But <laughs> this is almost like the idea of like the first process of this happening. where like, they're starting to take this. Well, like it's almost like the fish thinks, Oh, I like these. I'm going to keep them. And if, if this trend continues, it's going to be more, we're going to start and basically start changing each other. Cause you know, the dogs, they develop like eyebrows because of us and, uh-huh. and uh, all that shit. Although I guess some some researchers argue that the domestication requires genetic changes between wild and domesticated creatures, which are normally selected by their domesticator. But still, those guys are assholes. Like I like that, like I like this other the idea more, where like they're start. This is the early stages of domesticating, because they found these shrimp and they're like, oh man, you're good at my farm. I'm gonna keep you alive. And they're not eating the shrimp. Yeah. And they don't even mention like the shrimp are eating the algae. I think they're just trying to escape from danger. So, the but where
0: sh- did the zooplankton come into play for that one? You said, how are they involved? The,
2: I, well, the zooplankton, I guess, it's a zooplankton called mycid shrimps.
0: And they come from the shrimp shitting in the garden?
2: Well, no, no, the sh- they are shrimp that basically the, the, the damselfish has a oh, patch. Okay. And that's like the patch of algae. And so I guess they all have them, but the, the baller ones have some shrimp slaves on there basically gotcha. and so and this, but what's cool is this fish chases everything else away except these so it's like recognizing these guys are like the cats the dogs the cows the whatever the fuck yeah and so it's keeping them there yeah, yeah and so it does sound symbiotic but at the same time it's like like i said the the fish doesn't need them yeah but so it's like it's like using them
1: but and you also have to uh recognize that the fish recognize that these things were good for the exactly for the soil so exactly I will so allow this farming. to be here yeah. yeah and you provide a service to me and I get you're right it is and I'll
2: leave you the I'll tend to you if you wait because I am going to protect you but it's not going to eat you so it's weird like it I, I had the same thoughts you guys had. Where I was like
1: this sounds just like a symbiotic
2: relationship blah blah blah, blah but yeah okay. it's, it's the first
1: processes of domestication so uh, speaking of animals I have a story here have you guys heard about the cookie monster mural no. No. Okay. So this story comes from uh, Peoria, Illinois. Okay. Where a local artist was approached by a man that wanted a mural of the Cookie Monster painted on the side of his building. Uh-huh. So, uh this man described it as, you know, I want a Cookie Monster in the style of old um Soviet Union propaganda sure. style. Sure. Okay. And so the artist was like, okay, that's weird, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. and you have the money, and yeah, you know, here's what I charge, and okay, we got a deal. Mm-hmm. And so over Thanksgiving weekend, uh, the artist painted this picture, and for anybody who wants to see it, you know, you can find it on our Instagram. He painted this picture on the side of a building. Oh, wow. And as you can tell, it's very... I it's love Soviet,
2: it. It's Soviet Russia. Yes. If monster cookies, too.
1: <laughs> I love that there's a rainbow shooting from the cookie. The cookie <laughs> monster is holding yeah. it up. It's
0: very Kaiju-esque. All those, right? like, red <laughs> lines yeah. in the
2: background, like, emanating from cookie monster in the back.
1: It's Yeah, it's great. And Com so, Elmo. Over Thanksgiving weekend, the artist finished it up and then met with the man who paid him. And then the artist put it up on uh, social media and became famous. And, you know, everybody's loving it. And then uh, shortly after that, the artist was contacted by another man. Oh, no, another one? Who claimed to be the owner of the building. Oh, Oh, shit. Turns out. Why you do this? (laughs) Turns out the original man was not the owner of the building. He just paid him to paint it there. He just paid him to paint it there. Wow. And we don't know who he is. Wow. It must be. For what this is about.
2: It must be. be I mean, I would I would definitely look into anyone who could see.
0: Them. An eye
1: shot. For yeah, sure. exactly. Because yeah. he wants to look at it every exactly. day. Exactly. Yeah. Even if it's far enough away, it's so big. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you. Yeah.
2: like, that's it right there.
1: I just I love that he paid the artist for this thing and to That's paint it so on someone funny. else's building. You know it wasn't long lived. There's no way it was gonna Must be up there paid for the long. Cash too or something. This <laughs> he shit. did. the uh, The artist was like, "Yeah, this guy came with a boatload of cash, and you know, it seemed legit." And wow, you know, who questions that? If someone walks up to me and is like, "Hey, paint this on the side of my building," like, yeah, all not, right, okay, yes, yeah, I don't want to see the deed. Yeah, yeah, prove it. <laughs> exactly. You shoot like, that
2: the- it's like it's like someone bringing in, like, a car. Maybe not, maybe not quite like that, but, like, you bring
1: your car and, like, fix this car up. but then it's like, it's not even my car. What the fuck? are like, <laughs> what? You brought it in. So the real owner of the building uh, painted it over. Oh. I uh, know Embrace it. And then he said it was disgusting and blah, I blah, mean, blah. I mean,
0: whatever business he had would have gotten... I think a spike in business because of what happened. He got so much yeah. exposure because of that artist blowing up on social media. People
2: just don't get art man. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Especially Soviet it's era subjective. cookie monsters. <laughs> it's a fucking mummer brand. <laughs> Alright, let's yeah.
1: What's that, Santa? <laughs> it's time to go. Alright. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Oh ho, 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 Happy ho, Holiday. Oh, ho, ho,
0: oh, ho. oh. Hey, thanks for joining us on Better Than Most Things. Keep in mind that we are enthusiasts, not experts. If you want to know more about the topics we discussed, we encourage you to research them yourself and let us know if we missed anything. Submit your questions or interesting topics to our Discord. For all the latest updates, subscribe to our Twitter and Instagram, both at btmt underscore podcast. And please rate and subscribe on your podcast app.